Hey, what's up? It's the Drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. It's game day here in Champaign. The Illini basketball team back in action tonight. Hosting Michigan at 6 p.m. on Peacock. Derek Piper, Lante, Kyle Tosk. The full squad is riding together for the first Let's time go. in a while. What's up, guys? First time I've seen you since you pulled even with me and children. That's right. So we're, we're locked now. <laughs> and I don't. I, I can promise you that you, only you could take the lead going forward. So, <laughs> so, so if you want to win this battle, it's right there for the taking, All my right. man. Would that be a win? <laughs> We'll have to decide that later. Well, congratulations. You were Thank just you, filling man. me in on everybody, and everybody's doing great. Haley's doing well. She's doing very well. She's yeah. awesome. She's just, uh, moms are the best. I know. Reminded and, of that every time. Oh, incredible. And then Cade is handling it okay. He's doing well, yeah. Okay. I, I did mention to you that we've had a lot of, you talk about defense and adjustments and whatnot. Uh, we've had man-to-man defense, which has been good, two-on-two. But now that I'm back into the working swing and here on the radio and covering the game tonight, it'll be interesting. Haley, the uh, the two-on-one zone coverage. Uh, <laughs> she's really going to be the MVP if she wasn't already and hope to hear good things when I uh, report back to home base tonight. See, this is new stuff that I learned from you because my boys were seven years apart. So I didn't have, you know, I mean, Lucas was seven years old essentially mm-hmm. when Andrew was be just turned seven when Andrew was born, so he was a kind of a little boy by then to where he could help out, and there wasn't the, you know, jealousy, if you will, sure. about why are you spending more time? We were more worried about our dog. You know, like, <laughs> how, how's, how's he going to handle two of these, you know, human beings now in the house? But, yeah, I don't, I never went through the jealousy stage of having a two-year-old and then a newborn. I, I can't imagine what that's like, because Cade, I mean, for his his existence on earth he's always been the guy and whenever he needed something he got it and exactly now all of a sudden it's like well it's been Cade's world and everybody else is living <laughs> right, in it but now right. he's got a, a little girl that has to be fed every two to three hours oh, and boy has to be cuddled and she does sleep a lot so that's, that's good. good but uh I told you off the air that when, when Cade decides he wants to fly Batman around and have a flying mate <laughs> or if he wants you to go into his room and play and color uh, in the coloring books, he's going to pull you off the Let's couch. Go. So yeah. uh, you're coming off the bench. Haley's going to have to have a baby in one hand and follow him in another. I love so, it. It's all good though. It's great. And now he's going to have to, you know, now with a younger sister, he's going to have to get big. He's going to have to bulk up. He's going to have to beat anybody up that, that oh, has any thoughts yeah. of dating his his younger sister. Hand to hand combat absolutely. lessons are going to have to have to start soon. <laughs> Age three. That's where. Although he has where. he's woken me up abruptly a few times. He took a his little baseball bat. We got him one. We went to the Diamondbacks. Oh no! Uh, stadium out there back oh, in the no. spring, and it, it's not like a hard bat by any right. means. But he's come. I wake up to him knocking me over the head like Bam Bam. <laughs> Jeez, man. Do you have to do that? Yeah. Do you have to do but, that? Uh, well, I'm excited. It'll be good. I'm excited for you guys, and appreciate you guys Let me. I snuck up to Chicago Sunday and saw a bunch of my brother's good friends. They have a big Super Bowl party every year, and they kind of reached out to me and said, you know, your brother never missed this, so we'd love to have you. So I was able to go up and, uh, and, and see them, and it was just a great time. And then we ate lunch yesterday and got to talk to him sober, you know, after the Super Bowl party. <laughs> You know how that is. No, I'm kidding. We weren't. I mean, we're getting so old now. It's like we used. To, we we just start. We just laughed Sunday night at how you remember back then. Like we'd be wrecked before the game even started. And now we're <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I guess I'll have another beer. But it was just awesome to see everybody and swapped a lot of my uh, stories about my brother and of course asked about mom and so it it was cool and it it filled my heart to be able to do that. So I appreciate you guys letting me. Uh, Sneak out again. Absolutely. I know that's shocked Kyle, I'm sure, when that came down the pipe, that I was going to be maybe not here Monday. But, uh, look, that was a hard week, Kyle. That was a full week of work I put in, Derek. Even Friday, I heard I was, that. <laughs> I was telling Derek how I got on the phone with Lon on Friday, and oh. halfway through the call, I hear, oh, wait, my mic was on. <laughs> oh, it was? I was like, oh, no. Well, people started calling me. They're texting me. I'm like, Dude, this is the wrong time. I'm trying to get a hold of Kyle to help me with this. And all they were doing was trying to be nice to say, hey, your mic's on, You're by on the way. So, Did thank- you say any? I forget. No. Did you say anything controversial? No, because it was, it was just talking to you. In fact, right after 
or right before that, I had told Corey and Jason, I said, hey, you guys, when this next break hits, don't talk to me because I've got to get a hold of Kyle and make sure I'm doing this right. Thank God, because you should have heard the conversations on the other commercials. Those would have had us all fired. So, yeah, <laughs> thankfully, we snuck one out there with the mics on, nice. and uh, I got that done, but that was awesome. Now, I did not get a chance to hear the show yesterday, but I saw the podcast title. I was going to listen to a little bit of it today, and it just got busy at work. On the defense. Now, how are we going to fix this defense, Derek Piper? Mm. Because we've got some issues going on with Illinois. What, what's the one main thing? What has happened? I guess the problem, it's not one There's thing. not one, right? It's There's a lot of different guys <laughs> that are contributing to this, whether it's uh, our guy Luke Goody, who got exploited yeah. against Malik Hall, which is just an un- just an unideal matchup for him. Uh, I know also, though, when he's switched on the guards on the perimeter, it's just something you can't really – manage if you're you're him right. I mean, he's only got so much uh foot speed and athleticism same with Marcus Damask so that that can be issues uh, I think also Coleman as we've seen against some legit yeah. very good post-up guys that can back him down and you'll see Julian Reese again this weekend even tonight you know Terrace Reed and uh, Olivier Kamo had good games against they did Illinois there in Ann Arbor so uh, as far as that goes, being able to maybe send some help his way, double teams, or even if you're just a, a guard coming off the – understand you're matched up against a non-shooter, a guy that didn't shoot it all that great, uh, being able to come in and maybe just swat the ball or just disrupt that post-up action. Terrence has not been the same defender since coming back. I think that's been a huge thing. Or a guy that was a legitimate lockdown defender yes. before the suspension and then since coming back, I think he's been – he struggled to probably even be average defensively on the whole. Uh, and, I think, and it's been long enough. Yeah, it's been right? three and a half weeks. I mean, we, we you give him excuses for a while, getting back into game shape, getting back into the flow. Right. You, you got to get your dog back. I mean, Shannon needs to get his dog back to where he's the guy on both ends of the court. He's starting to show that a little bit offensively, I think. Mm-hmm. But certainly, even on the defensive end, where we marveled, and that's really, to me, what – what absolutely cemented the All-American status is that not only was he a stud on one end, he would come down and just take as much pride in shutting down whoever he was guarding on the other, and that's not been the case. So, right. And I, I feel like three and a half weeks later, he's had plenty of time to get it figured out. Yeah, I would have expected that maybe the shot would take longer than the mm-hmm. defense. You know, Things about that take rhythm and, and reps and whatnot, not to say that defense as far as just getting back into the swing of things of rotations and knowing sure. where to be and whatnot but uh, it does feel like it's very much an effort and a grit thing and maybe this team is getting a little satisfied with the points they're putting up that they're willing to, <laughs> to give up a few more I, I hope that's not the case but Brad's talked about needing more bite defensively I know we're going to play what he had to say yesterday and he mentioned that his team's gotten a little soft I, I think especially at that end of the floor so uh, needing the dog back, I think that applies obviously to Terrence sure. uh, defensively, but I think Quincy needs that too. Uh, Quincy's a guy that's been off grit, physicality. Maybe he's tired from uh, 3 a.m. wake up calls from a crying baby, which I, <laughs> I could relate to that. So I don't want to dog him too much. Yeah, let's but, see how you feel in a yeah, month. Yeah, I know. People are like, man, Piper was off this week. He didn't have it. I'm like, yeah, sorry, guys. But uh, it, as a whole, I think that you know guards have had their way against Illinois pretty well. Boo Booey destroyed them. Jameer Young mm. had a really good game. Walker and Hogard together in tandem over the weekend. And then, like I said, we've had some some big guys have success against the Illini as well. So I, I think there's a number of different things, and it's going to take a collective effort to, to get this thing righted because it's been a – I wrote about it today. It, their recent form, if you look at the, like the last month and a half, they're an elite offensive team and a team that gives up a ton on defense that kind of reminds you of like an Iowa team, like a classic Iowa no type squad which I know they haven't gone deep in the tournament some teams can do that where they're geared heavily one way or the other but usually you like to have the balance and we just know Illinois is capable of that sometimes Iowa you look at them they're like okay we understand why they're athletically limited and they're not going to be very physical they're not going to rebound the ball this to me isn't a lack of this isn't a lack of ability for the most part I think Illinois has a couple of weak spots like Coleman's only going to do so well against centers. And Luke Goody's only going to do so well against a guy that's quicker than him. And same with the mask. But for the most part, like you've got some good individual defenders. Some of it's pride. Some of it's some tweaks here or there as far as an adjustment. But they got to figure it out. I've got a thought. It seems like it has hit, it changed a little bit after that Maryland game. 
when, and I keep coming back to this, and I got to get off this because I beat this horse uh, or this drum. I, I, I don't think I'd beat a horse. I beat this drum, it's senseless, but, you know, when Kevin Willard said, well, we knew what we wanted to do, we wanted to keep Coleman on the low block. Yep. And, and it seems like since then that has kind of been a little bit of the case, although there's been games where Coleman's been able to uh, be able to kind of play everywhere like he can. The other thing is, did, did Illinois just early on in the season, like especially in Big Ten, play, play the right teams? Like when you just went through those guards, I mean, I don't care who you are, you're going to give up a lot of points to Young and, and those guys. But True. there again, Jameer Young was near the start of the kind of the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you, you got them coming up, what, Tyler Kolek had a game early in the season, Kolek too. had a big game. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I, I, mm, I don't know what to say. I mean, other than they got to figure this out, and I think tonight's a perfect get-right game. They did a heck of a job against the, the kid out of Michigan, the big shooter, um, not, big, not Williams. big, but the shooter. Yeah, he I, did. He score in the first game I against don't think Illinois. He made a three, or he, yeah, at least did. I don't think he hit. He from maybe three. had two points. So maybe you know, maybe this is a get right game for them to be able to kind of turn things around. And you would like to see Illinois come out and just get a comfortable fifteen to eighteen point win, and and, and just that's what feel the spread like, says they should get. Is that right? Is that what it is? Fifteen and a half. At wow. least that's what it opened up as wow. yesterday. I mean, you you just like to see them have a non-competitive, nice, easy victory in the Big Ten over Michigan. Keep that undefeated streak against Jawan that that will last forever. I think if you beat him tonight, because I don't know that he'll be back next year, but maybe he will be. So if you'd you, be glad to see him back, right? Next year. <laughs> yeah, we'll take we'll pay, we'll pitch in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just it'd be nice to do that and then get back in gear now with a with a tough Maryland squad who. Man, I watched them this weekend, and I'm like, why are they not better than what they are? Mm-hmm. That game now, of course, they went to double overtime in this uh, – who did they play? Ohio was, State. Ohio State. So that tells you right there that they're not very good, Maryland. But, I mean, when you see Jameer Young operate like he can, and Dante Scott, who had a big game in that one, and he's always done well against Illinois, and Julian Reese is solid on the post, and they've got a couple of other decent players, and it's like, why are they struggling like they are – in this Big Ten, I mean, that that put the nail in the coffin to me with Ohio State winning that game. Those two teams aren't going anywhere. So, I don't know. But, boy, Maryland, of course, we know has had your number. And, man, Tyson Walker, by the way, I know I'm rambling right now, just kind of hitting different po- – he was – I thought he was hurt, number one, but he was so good for a stretch there in that game that Illinois could not do a thing. He scored at will in that game. And you're just like, ugh. I looked at Andrew. I'm like, I thought he was supposed to be hurt. Right. <laughs> if this well, is... it was like the black and blue ankle for Tyler Kolek. I don't know you probably ah, haven't heard of that yet. Oh, um, oh, I forgot about but... that. But <laughs> maybe we need to stop playing injured guys. Like I'd rather yeah. they be healthy when they come in <laughs> against us. <laughs> and Walker's tough. I mean, he's one of the he best guards good. in the country. But I, I do think that Illinois in ball screen coverage needs to get a little bit better of getting through screens. And if you're not going to be able to do that, because sometimes it's tough to be able to have Coleman Hawkins come up and. Show a little bit more. I've talked a lot about I think he plays too deep and drop for a guy that's that mobile and, and has the ability to be active. And when you're not really worried about Sissoko or Carson Cooper a whole lot like mm-hmm. on that roll action, I don't see why you you don't come up and then try to try to recover when you have to. But, uh, you know, Michigan State kind of, kind of needed that game, had a yeah. lot of juice in that. They're a good team. They're not a great team. They were, they're still, if you look at the bracket, Matrix, which kind of takes all the bracketologies out there and, and comes up with a composite. They're a nine seed. Illinois is a four seed, trending towards a five. Um, it just would have been a really nice resume shot in the arm because it would be a quad one win on the road. It would have been your best win on paper all year. But, yeah, I mean, Walker's really good. Jameer Young, you're going to see him again. Maryland's bugaboo is they don't shoot it for anything. They don't. They, they, Last year, uh, Illinois' three-point issues where they take a, a good amount of threes and they don't make very many threes. Like That's exactly what Maryland's doing. They're 338th in the country in three-point shooting. And just shot shooting. like 60% and, against Ohio State, which is crazy. Did they really? Yeah, they did. They shot yeah. the ball really well from the outside. Uh, Young and Scott couldn't miss yeah. in that game. But, it, that, but the numbers don't lie, like you just said. Right, right. I had a thought this weekend. And you could do this if you're Illinois because you've got a guy like Coleman. What if Coleman met – so let's just say it's Jameer Young. You, know, you remember that game, how he would use that high screen mm-hmm. and hit those floaters in the lane. What if, if they're going to high screen you, 
Why not have Coleman pick up Jameer Young at half, have Coleman be the one that gets screened, and then you automatically flip Ty Rogers right to Jameer Young right where he should be. But then again, if they do that, they're not going to high screen. Right. That's the thing, right? Because I was like, Coleman could – he could honestly – but there again, I'd rather do that and have them not screen – and then then switch you know right after that if you need to but just to disrupt that stupid I hate high screen basketball I I just I can't stand it I know we had that discussion a couple of weeks ago when that really became prominent and and we can blame Carl Malone and John Stockton but Jerry Sloan Jerry Sloan is the guy that did it killer the, of basketball Plainsboro Illinois native but I'm just I just hate it I hate that part but I know that it's so prominent uh, in basketball that it has to be done but, but I think that's kind of speaks to you sometime is like varying up what you do yeah and i know exactly. illinois has switched it sometimes where they switch coleman onto a guard which usually i would rather have which is crazy to say even though it speaks to coleman not being a true center i'd rather have coleman guard boo booey or jameer young or fill in the blank at guard mm-hmm. than a pretty good big man like instead of going one-on-one with malik renew every possession one-on-one right? or julian reese or obviously if you face you know, you get into if you're talking about a tournament setting like an Armando Baycott or uh, Zach Eady, obviously in the Big Ten, but uh, that's just something that he's far more comfortable and effective operating outside of the post and on the perimeter. But I think also the guards got to help him because Trent Frazier had an uncanny ability. It was so hard to screen him. It was, and that that's where we talk about point guard play, and you think a lot about setting the table offensively sometimes it's, it's about defense and having that quickness and the just understanding what a, a ball handler is going to try to do to you getting through those screens not that you have to be a point guard to get through screens but I think Ty's got hung up on a couple and knowing who you can go under and who you can't and how that whole thing works so uh, there are a, a variety of things to clean up the good thing tonight as far as that goes now Michigan when they're at full capacity with Doug McDaniel which they sure. won't be tonight they oh can, that's right they can score it yeah defensively they're a disaster so you should be able to put up a bunch of points and uh yeah I mentioned the the whole bam bam club over the head that's been Brad Underwood and Juwan Howard ever since he's entered oh, the Big Ten oh, they've he's 7-0 and against them and I mean it wasn't close in Ann Arbor's 88-73 he's beaten them I, I wrote about it after it happened last month is like any point that Juwan's had the highly ranked Michigan teams as high as number two in the country when they played in Ann Arbor and Iowa wasn't a go and they just smacked them there. They played when they're on the bubble. They played when they're right now they're eight and 16 overall and they're yeah. dead last in the big 10. They've seen them at all phases and they've had the answer every time. And obviously it'd be a disaster if they didn't have it tonight. Without a doubt. Now I have to bring up the sobering Brad Underwood, not making the decision to flip Goody for Rogers in that game. How much of it was due to needing Goody on the court for the offensive end, or was it at all? I, unfortunately, or fortunately, watched that at an establishment and wasn't hearing a lot of that and didn't catch the postgame. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if Brad gave a you know educational reasoning as to what was happening there, but Derek, it's, it's the one thing I think that has become a knock on Brad is an adjustment during a game, and it's the casual fan that sees it. And if you could not understand that, this, the first time it happened when they posted Hall underneath against Goody, I looked at the, the, the table that was right by us, and, and I looked at Andrew, and I said, that can't happen again. Mm-hmm. You cannot have Goody checking Malik Hall underneath. You cannot do it. That is going to be a nightmare. And about four times later, one of the ladies at the other table goes, Lon, we've heard you four times. I'm like, well, am I right? I mean, it's like that can't happen. I'm like, why is this happening right now? I'm like, call a timeout. Do something. If you can't get a stop to get tie-in, that is that's stuff that is maddening to me that if the casual fan could understand that, why in the hell do they sit there and let it happen? I don't get it. And, and, and look – there's been a lot of people that have ripped on Brad Underwood. We've always had his back. I think what he's done with Illinois basketball is miraculous. He's gotten us back to where we thought we were as a program, and that's residing somewhere in the top 20. And for this team, it's been right in that 10 to 14 range most of the season 
we understand the March checkmark, and we understand that at any time, hopefully, he can break through that and get that little thing off his back. But the maddening thing to me, and I think the one thing that needs to be addressed, and I know it has been, is the fact that he just won't make that adjustment when it's so damn obvious. Mm. I, I just... I, I would, I would think a high school coach, after two trips down the court, would say, okay, you know what? We can't have Andrew guarding that dude. Andrew, you switch up. You go to here, and we'll bring somebody else. And I also don't understand why Gary A doesn't take more of a role in covering a five. I don't understand it. There is no reason with his strength that he can't solve the problem that we have with Coleman. And now, now I'm spewing here, spewing or whatever. And, and Brad Underwood, I think, like you said a hundred times, seems to like that idea of Coleman, you know, checking that five. And if they want to hurt us with that little booty ball from a big man, I don't think you'd call it that, but you know what I mean. I've always wondered, like Julian Reese, put Gary A on him. I know that Reese is taller. Gary A is stronger. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, Coleman. How, how much is Coleman, what, two inches taller than Gary A? He's 6'2 or 6'10, and Gary is what, 6'8? Or is he taller than that? So uh, I, Coleman's I, listed as 6'10, Gary at 6'8. Okay. Yep. So I know you're giving up the two inches, and that means something. But it just seems like Gary A could take that shot to the chest and not go anywhere. Yeah. So I don't know. Those are two things from a fairly successful junior high basketball coach. <laughs> And I yeah, say no, that I, with all sarcasm it, I can throw And out. I get that. I think as far as the Maryland matchup goes, one of the, the things you could say is that regardless of whether Coleman's going to guard Reese or Dante Scott, they're going to post that guy. The, like they'll post right. Dante Scott point. if you have him guarding him. I think the thing that Kyle was harping on yesterday, which I fully agree, and we'll definitely dive into that as we approach the weekend and get into that matchup yet again is I, I don't see why you're not double teaming the post for a team that shoots as poorly as Maryland shoots from the outside. They're one of the worst three point shooting teams in the country. You have to. And I think that's some of what Illinois defensively, if I was going to try to go in, you know, offer up some suggestions, I, I feel like they, they want to stay home so much. Mm-hmm. Now, I know they switch on the perimeter at times, but for the most part, they don't want to get caught in kind of scramble mode. They want they don't want to play a whole lot of health defense. They want to keep it your assignment is your assignment. And I like deal. I like that. I yeah. hate health defense. I think it's the worst thing in basketball. Yeah. I, I think that that though it, it allows you to maybe you're kind of a little bit more predictable and you, you, you don't you're not as aggressive in terms of throwing some things at different guys. So uh, I like when you don't have a good shooter out there to be able to have some double team action, to be able to fly around and, okay, you you came over and covered up this that was open, so then your other guy is then going to rotate in and kind of play that rover uh, to co- to s- sit there and see the way that the, the op- opponent tries to pass out of it. I feel like older teams, co- cohesive teams, should be able to do that. I agree. And not everybody is that beloved Baylor team that we saw a handful of years ago that excelled in that. They uh. could play – scramble mode with their eyes closed and know where every single guy was going to rotate wherever the ball was going to go so like that that's a that's a very rare it's a rare skill that a team has I'm not saying Illinois has to do it to that extent but I think that um also uh, I think that Gary A recently hasn't had that grit about him uh and I'm not saying that he won't get it back or that he isn't a good answer because I think he is as far as say you're you're facing like if you're facing a team that has maybe more of a stretch for man that's going to play on the perimeter, I, I like that idea of putting Gary on the five and, and Coleman on the four. So I think that's something that they can look at. To circle back to this weekend, yes, I think in general, I, I like the way that Ty played on Saturday. I, I thought he, I thought he played pretty well. Um, Goody's our boy, and, and I think yeah. that he did rebound it uh, out there, and he's a shooting threat. He didn't have some looks go in against Sparty for sure, but right. no doubt after it was very apparent that Malik Hall was abusing him <laughs> that they needed to make that switch. Uh, I think you could go back, yeah, when you're up eight and, and maybe you keep Ty in there instead of Goody. Another thing defensively, I think it's just on the whole, regardless of the fact that Malik was doing that, playing Goody and Damas together leaves some holes out there. Big time. As far as your defense goes. Big time. So, um, it wasn't just Malik, you know, he had an and one, but he also had an offensive rebound that Goody couldn't secure it against him. And the problem was then you put Gary A in and he gave up an and one to he Malik did. Hall right off the bat. Because Gary A was caught lunging and just he's been out of sorts. So I, I want to see Ty. He's 
sat the bench at times here of late, late in games. I get that you don't have the offensive spacing always because he's not a shooter, but I think there's some things that he can do that kind of alleviates that. And then especially when you have a lead and you're trying to get stops exactly. or trying to get rebounds, I like the idea of having Ty Rogers well, there. And, and I, wanted to, I wanted to say this, and then I kind of talked my way back, but I still want to say it. With regards to the doubling down, like Kyle, that you had brought up yesterday, obviously. If nothing else, just to show that you want, you can do it or that you're willing to do it, okay? Like, so what, what we know, what I know if I'm bringing a team in to play Brad Underwood is that he's not going to give me a three-point shot. So now I understand how now to try to figure out. It still doesn't mean I'm going to beat him, but I know kind of an idea now of what your game plan is to try to beat you. It was like the old wars in, in America when they just stood in a line and shot, and then everybody else stood in the line and shot, and I'm like, why don't you play dead or hide behind a tree? I don't understand why we're just standing here getting shot dead. I don't, that, that, like, where are we at with this strategy? But Yeah, and if you're in the first row, you're toast. <laughs> you're done, right? I'm like... My, my ticket says uh, row 450. <laughs> Lon, you're in... Oh, you're in front row one. Yeah, you're in one. Ah, okay. Well, get let me the, go tell my kids get my stuff up. Like I gotta get, I gotta buy someone else's seat. <laughs> I'm done. Do I even need to load my gun <laughs> in case they happen to miss me on the first shot? The second one's gonna get me. But like, like you know, you know, kind of how to. So why not show the idea that you can double or that you're willing to do it, so that when you play a team in round two of the NCAA tournament, they they say, well, there's the chance they might double us down low. I mean, even I, – I was shocked and had to ask Luke if it was true, but even like they showed a little bit of a zone one game, and look, they're not going to be a zone team. Mm -hmm. But I don't mind the accidental, like, oh, crap, are they in a 1-3-1? You can go from a 1-3-1 to a matchup man-to-man -man in, in one pass, essentially, but you can at least show something to kind of slow them down. I, I don't know. I'm – Gosh, I'm in a good mood today. I don't know why I'm just so ticked off about everything. But. Can I throw a, a bit of quick trivia at you? Yes, I'll All take right. it. On the note of Ty Rogers being out there late in games, rank these as far as free throw shooting this year by percentage. Oh, boy. Ty Rogers, Quincy Garrier, Luke Goody. Well, this seems to be as trick a question as I can <laughs> ever have answer come, coming at me. Who's the best? I'll go down. Ty and then Garrier and then Luke. Kyle, you got to guess? I'd flip Quincy and Luke because I feel like Quincy's missed so many. Yeah, you're right. He's taken so many more. Ty Rogers, 64%. Luke Goody, 62%. Quincy Garrier, 59%. That's crazy that Luke Goody has missed. So some of the argument of like, well, you can't have Ty out there in case they start fouling. He's wow. actually shot it better than wow. those guys. And Luke's missed a couple of crucial ones. Front end of an end, uh, one and one. That they on didn't Saturday, make a yeah. three, thankfully. Um, and you could see his expression at the end of that. Was that Indiana? I think so. You could see the expression when they threw up the last yes, shot. Yes, yes, yes. And yep. it didn't go in. And Luke was just like, oh. I mean, he knew. He, he just he knew. Like, he was going to carry that the rest of his life. If that ball goes in and Indiana goes back to beat you in overtime or something. And then, yeah, the game, the, this one against Michigan State, I was just like, why can Luke not knock these down? And you know he can. But I don't. I've never understood why a good shooter cannot be automatic from the free throw line. But the other day in one of the Big Ten games I was watching, they were. I don't remember who the player was, but he missed like two in a row, and and the announcer was like, "Boy, that is so peculiar that he shoots so well from the outside, and for some reason struggles at the free throw line." I don't remember who it was, but. It's just strange. You would think that once you have kind of the stroke down, that you would be able to do that from 15 easily. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know if it's mental. I, I'll put it this way. If it came down to the last shot of the year and you got to make a free throw to make the Final Four, I'd still rather have Luke Goody shooting it of those three. Probably. But. Uh, yeah, I don't think I would want to tie up there. No. You know, he's younger and. But, no, yeah, I, I would rather have Luke. But still, I mean, like, numbers don't lie, right? It's true. That's crazy. Of course, Luke hasn't had as many. How many opportunities compared to, like, Ty? You Does look at, let's see, Luke Goody has had 
21 compared to Ty's 42 compared to Quincy's 86. Okay. But there again, that could hurt Ty and Quincy. The more sh- the more shots. So, yeah, I don't know. I that's that's a weird stat to hear. Weird. I just I, it was just so obvious what Michigan State was doing. And I I mean, Malik Hall's been a bad matchup for us both times this year. Yes. He has played as average Big Ten know, basketball as anybody in the Big Ten the last two years, and he, he plays well against Illinois. It's kind of like the Maryland thing. It's weird. It's kind of like Illinois against Michigan. Well, he's from Illinois, too. So yeah, well, right. Surprising. It, I forgot about that. And, and then even you throwing out the stat about Illinois and Jawan. I mean, Jawan Howard has had good enough teams those seven times that he should have beat you one time. And I – Agree that Brad Underwood's a better coach than Juwan, but at some point you'd think the talent on the court. Some things are just not explained. I think he has like three or four wins against Painter, and he's got a couple against guard. He's got a couple against Unbelievable. a lot of the, the rest of the league. He's, he's kind of like a 500 coach against some of the better coaches out there, but an offer yeah. against Brad Underwood, he's had his number. And a, and a right hook to Krabenhoff. <laughs> he's up 1-0 on the boxing scoreboard. And they uh, they left hooked them in Ann Arbor last week because <laughs> well, right. uh, Wisconsin man they lost four in a row. What is going on with them? Don't know. That Williams kid from Rutgers, he's really that good. Jeremiah Williams looks pretty decent, right? I remember at the very end saying, oh, "Thank God we didn't get him." Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I remember saying. That was it because we thought we were going to get somebody else or or something. But I was, no, it was because of the gambling thing. He was going to oh, get suspended right. for that's half right. of the year for gambling and. But apparently the the thing is, and I, I need to double check here. I think it is part of like he filed suit against the NCAA. Apparently, this is the year of if you sue the NCAA, you get you get whatever you want. So, um, well, I'm not going to argue it because Illinois got what they got what they needed with Shannon. So I'm not going to jump on that. No, I just read that too that he had a. Uh, an injunction or whatever that, against. The, I, I want to be sure that I got that right. I'm po- I'm positive I just read that yesterday, because I had read a story about him, or maybe I was reading your story and you had written that. But I, have you written that? It was, somebody wrote that that he yeah got, he, fi- he filed a lawsuit yeah, against the NCAA and 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 they are allowing him to play. So and he's been big for Rutgers. I'm glad you're done playing them. No doubt. You hope they keep winning because you yeah. need that <laughs> right. win at the rack to, to come up because one of your three quad one wins right now is at Ohio State, and I don't think that one's going to stick. I know we got to catch a break. That would be a good question for me to ask you on the other side. If that does become a quad one win, what does that mean? What could it mean for Illinois when it comes to pairings, let's say, for the NCAA tournament? So I'll let you answer that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's also – Joe Lenardi – released a new bracketology we can go through that where illinois is at where some of the other big 10 teams stand and then as we go along get our final thoughts on illinois and michigan the matchup there's not a ton to break down because michigan's that horrible um it's more so what illinois needs to show uh, and then you'll hear brad underwood before you get out of here i'm going to duck out a little early to get over to the state farm center got to hop back on the wcia pregame show um nice. after a, a little hiatus so uh, I'm back in the flow. We'll see if I'm rusty uh, coming back out of this He's thing. He's throwing but, star status at us. Nah, nah, nah. Star status. If you want to weigh in, you can. 217-359-2255 on the U of I Atlanta Lake text line. We'll talk more Atlanta basketball when we return. This is The Drive. As Tapman's Towing celebrates 50 years of serving Central Illinois, we're always seeking good people to serve our great customers. Our team of expert tow professionals would like to interview others with CDLs, previous tow experience, or a strong interest in serving others. If you enjoy serving people, love working in the outdoors, and looking for a career, not just a job, we should talk soon. Do you have a strong desire but lack the experience? We should still talk. Visit our career page at tapmanstilling.com. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. Think you have to settle for mediocre car insurance to save money? 
Think again. It's possible to get superior coverage and still save money with Erie Insurance. Customers who switched to Erie saved up to $951. It pays to compare. Switch and save with Erie. Your Erie agent in Champaign is Thomas and Ellers Insurance. Annual savings based on new customers surveyed in March 2022 who reported savings when switching auto insurance. Individual premiums and savings will vary. PDR Automotive has now been serving the Champaign-Urbana area for over 50 years. To give you some perspective, 50 years ago ended the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War, and it was when Secretariat won the Triple Crown. So what does that mean for you and your vehicle? Whether you need a carburetor overhauled or your new vehicle computer system diagnosed or programmed, PDR Automotive has the experienced, knowledgeable staff that can handle all your automotive needs. Online at PDRauto.com, they are what's best for your truck or car. They are... PDR. Are you one of those guys out there tinting windows day in and day out, all different shades of black, and ready to put a little color in your life? Come work for us. At Aftershock, we're looking for a guy with experience in wrapping, whether it be window tinting, vinyl wrapping, anything of that sort, or somebody with just ambition that wants to show up to work and be proud of what they do. You know those wraps with Troy Lands on the back waving at you? That's our work. Call us, 833-DECAL-IT, or email office at aftershockdd.com. We want you. At Pards in Urbana, the boots just keep on coming. They're known for their huge collection of men's cowboy boots, women's cowgirl boots, kids' boots, and even shoes. If you're searching for top footwear brands, look no further than Pards. They carry a wide variety, including Ariat, Dan Post, Smoky Mountain, Roper, Double H, and more. And if socks or accessories are what you need, they've got all your high-quality essentials. Since 1968, Pards has been serving their customers with high-quality merchandise. And if you haven't been to Pards in a while, a lot has changed. Go check them out just off University Avenue in Urbana. Basketball star Coleman Hawkins about Pacifica on Green. I'm Coleman Hawkins. I like living at Pacifica on Green. Yeah, my favorite thing is probably the game room. Family came and visited me and we had a blast in the game room. Playing Mario Kart together, just playing every game that they have in there, just competing and having fun. So, uh, no quarters, no. Everything's free. If you live here, it's all free. You come and visit, it's free. The ultimate in student housing, Pacifica on Green. Visit them at PacificaOnGreen.com. Are you a modern couple getting married in Central Illinois? Then you need to attend Inspire Your Wedding Showcase at the Orpheum Champagne on Saturday, March 23rd, featuring local wedding vendors, fashion trends. You'll get to enjoy sweet and savory bites, specialty cocktails, design ideas, tablescapes, and so much more, including walking away with the swag bag with local vendors' information and tips on how to plan your dream wedding day. Saturday, March 23rd at the Orpheum Champagne. For details, visit Inspire Your when you're buying a battery, it's important to look beyond just the price and make sure you're buying a quality battery. So when you're buying one from the big box store, make sure you ask the question, what's the date on this battery? Is it dependable? Sometimes the big box stores have batteries that have been sitting on the shelf for years. Or you can just come to Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable, and buy your battery from the people who only do batteries. Interstate Batteries at 2504 North Madison Champaign, way out there but totally worth the drive. How much is dependable worth to you? Interstate Batteries, open six days a week. sounds bad is taking a bayonet to the chest oh. when you're in the front row of this yeah line war whatever you want to call it <laughs> uh you know what sounds good baseball oh doesn't it surely the cardinals can't be as bad as they were last year i would hope not the rotation's pretty he who's better the cubs Ooh. or the cardinals with bellinger back i think the cubs are better are they bringing him back or and they'll bring him back on like March 27th I know. and he'll have to play the next day at this rate. Isn't it weird that like nobody else has signed him? Is it just like a given that he's going to go to Chicago? Like is his agent? It's just, it, he's a Boris client. Scott Boris wants right. 200 something million. No team wants to yeah. give a guy that that two years ago yeah. 
was really down and only has one year of Funny that you're chasing Bellinger, a Boris client, and the Cardinals could be chasing Jordan Montgomery, a Boris client. <sighs> Derek Gould, I believe, wrote a uh, – I think it was a question Q&A in the post-dispatch. I didn't, again, I didn't get a chance to read it. I kind of blew up at work today. But it, the, the headline was, are the Cardinals settling for average if they don't sign Jordan Montgomery? I mean, he's there for the taking, and it's just money, Derek. Mm-hmm. Yep. And – and while the Cardinals' payroll, shockingly, will still be like $180 million, it's still going to be quite a payroll because you figure the two guys on the corners you're paying a lot of money to with Goldie and Arenado. But Wilson wasn't cheap either. Oh, no, good call. And so you sit there and you think, hmm, another, what, $18 million? And you, I mean, it's a lot of money. I'd love to make $18 million. I'd love to be worth $18 million. I don't know what Jordan Montgomery will will cast, but I, I, is he is he in that range? I mean, Belly's going to make over twenty, right? Uh-huh. So I'd have to see what they have Montgomery projected as. I mean, I don't even know what he made. He didn't make much while he was here, right? You know, and and here's the thing that just he made like fifteen three million. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Wow, he must have been had the friendly con. Or the friendly, friendly like rookie contract or something with the Yanks. Spot track says eighteen and a half million projected okay. value for per year for Jordan Montgomery. And you know what would you know what would happen in a heartbeat if you didn't have Steven Matz and that oh, pathetic geez. contract that John Mazalock, who all of a sudden can't do anything right. Seems that way. I'm not in the camp of him never doing anything right. I feel not. like he's done some good things in the past. Well, the guys Lance you have Burtman. in the corners. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Start right there. But the, yeah, idea, the idea that we stuck around and, and waited for Dexter Fowler's contract to end. Ugh. I was the first one to say you got to sign Dexter Fowler. So I can't rip Mazalock. Yeah. Um, and Should have the, done it the year before that. It, you're right. You're right. That's exactly right. And then it seemed like there was somebody right after that that we had signed to a long-term deal or something that was just a, an albatross for us. But then now all of a sudden now it's become Steven Matz who's in like the – somebody. I, I read something the other day like, well, Matz is in the final year of his four-year. I'm like, oh, well, hell, he'll be Cy Young now. <laughs> I mean, you know, he finally is like, oh, crap, I better start – I better do well this year so I can sign for $18 million next year. I, but the I Michaelis think, contract doesn't look good. No, that's, I think, what I'm thinking, the Michaelis contract. That at the time, I was like, I've just never been a huge Michaelis fan because if you can't strike people out, how are you supposed to win at a high level? I'm not saying it's all about strikeouts. A, a lot of it is placing the ball. And Jordan Montgomery is a perfect example. I just think he keeps you off balance. And, of course, coming from that left side doesn't hurt either. But Michaelis is just as average speed-wise. He's average. <clears throat> you know, he doesn't throw the ball. Well, I just said that, speed-wise. And, and he can locate. I mean, yeah. when he starts to locate, he's much better. But the margin for error is very small oh. with him. He can really get hit hard. And he oh. did last year. And he did. He pitched a lot of innings. That's the one thing that he'll give you. We have that with Lance Lynn too, and we have Lance, <laughs> Kyle Gibson. Yeah, you know what, Gibby and Gray. When you give up, when you giving up uh, an ERA of five or five and a half, you know what you want those guys to do? Pitch a lot. <laughs> We're gonna save that bull. We'll be down nine to one. Yeah, exactly. But the bullpen is at fresher least- than ever. <laughs> In case we ever have a tight game, look out. We're gonna win those. But yeah, until then, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You, but I will say, and I want to get Kyle's yes. input on this, losing Strowman, it was kind of like an under-the-radar, him not coming back. I, know, I don't think that Cubs fans necessarily expected him to be back as right. it kind of trended down the stretch. But he had a pretty decent year before the injury and whatnot. Ends up signing with the Yankees. I think that was a nice signing for them. They've got some nice they – if they, if they have a healthy season, which has been not happening for the Yankees the last handful of the years. I mean, they got Cole, they've got Rodon, they've got Stroman, they've got Ooh. Nestor Cortez. Ooh. They're pretty good. Uh, I wonder about the Cubs starting pitching depth. That's one of the big questions I, I have. What do you think about that, Kyle? 
Yeah, I've said all offseason I wanted to sign a proven starting pitcher. Now, they did sign that Japanese guy, Imanaga, but mm-hmm. he's coming over. He's no sure thing coming over here. There's some of those guys. He's not like who who signed with the Dodgers, Yamamoto, mm-hmm. who like that guy's going to be an ace <laughs> right. no matter what. He's more of like a, he's intriguing. Maybe he's a fourth or fifth starter. And you lose Stroman. I don't know. I I still like a lot of the young pitching options that they have. I think they got a really stud prospect that should be making his debut this year in Cade Horton. They had a lefty in Jordan Wicks who was up last year. I thought he pitched pretty well. They have Assad who did a nice job pitching. Is, he's the guy that looks like a biology teacher. Yeah, he's got yeah. the goggles. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they have a lot of options, but none of them scream like – middle of top to middle of the rotation surefire guys so that's my concern there I don't think they lack five guys to go out there and pitch for them but but you've got the I would like yeah they've got they've got Justin Steele who I feel great about and Kyle Hendricks I think had a nice year last year but I am a little concerned about that I would have liked them to be in on like a Jordan Montgomery sweepstakes or some of these other guys that signed and Did Lon and I betting on Hayden Wesneski put him out of the league? Yes. Yet? Is he, is he now done? He's another option, but you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> oh, as soon as he him. enters that 40-man roster, I'm <laughs> laying down huge money on that guy. I, I own that guy. I'm like the guy, the ventriloquist for him. I, I basically control his life. Um, the yeah. first start of his season last year, Lante, all downhill from there after really Lon bet him to – the, strike out the K prop, six guys or whatever. It really, was. you know what ended Strowman's season too was when the Cardinals beat him in England. Oh, mm. That yeah. absolutely like, did end his season. It seemed like after that he wasn't the same. Then he got hurt. He had like an eight ERA from that point on. It was weird because you guys had like a three nothing lead in that game, that eight a.m. game. Yep. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm excited to watch a Cub Cardinal game. It's going to be early in the morning. I'll have everything to do the rest of the day after it's done. And the Cubs jump out like. Four nothing or something. I'm like, ah, I don't want to watch this. And then the Cardinals. What came happened back. was Trey Mancini booted oh, a routine yes. ground ball that would have got Stroman out of an inning. And then he gave up like six runs and gave up like seventy the rest of the year. I forgot about Trey that. Mancini ruined the Cubs season in London. I will year. forever remember that game for some reason. That'll just be the dumb game that sticks in my head the rest of my life. And it's like, oh, remember the London England game where uh, Mancini did this and Stroman did this. That'll be weird, dude. I know, I know that this is kind of there's a lot of baggage or just complicated nature of this, but I've had this thought as a Cardinals fan, a guy that says he's willing to play for the league minimum, Trevor Bauer. Yeah, should they consider that? I absolutely. Yeah, I agree. He was found innocent, correct? He was not guilty. There was not no, the guilty. charges were dropped, right? Yeah, right. Oh boy, don't don't get into that I know, conversation I know. again. I, I've I've enjoyed the month of not having to dive <laughs> right. into the the legal particulars, so I'm not trying to bring that back into no, no, the no, fold. No. I get it. Uh, I just am saying it's a guy that is a Cy Young Award winner who is available and is vocalized he'd play for league minimum. I don't understand why you wouldn't try it, and I know that Benjamin someone's going Hockman to right. Or, yeah, I would think. I think it's. I I think I'd sue the league if I were Trevor Bauer. And say, why, why is nobody signing me? Look at what I can do. I know he's been a, an outspoken guy. And, sure. And, and has said some maybe questionable things on social media. Well, that, do you not have the kind of pitching veterans that you feel like? You know what I'm saying? Like, if like if you threw him into this Cubs team that has a young steel and, you know, young guys, and it's like, uh-huh. ooh, I could see how his – you know, if you're worried about something like that, you right. can see how he could maybe corrupt that. I mean, you got 30-somethings in Gray, Gibson, and Lynn, and Michaelis. Exactly. You would think that they could squash anything that Trevor Bauer begins to, you know, do wrong, essentially. And you can always just get rid of the dude at any moment. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Know. We already had to deal with Jack Flaherty last year, so. Uh, yeah, well. Oh. Diva. Well, and... Uh, there's, I know the St. Louis Post Dispatch. They, that Hockman, Benjamin, Hockman, he was like, again, they shouldn't do this. And Cardinals fans are, why? Why? What? Are, where are you going with that? Like, throw out your real reasoning. Why? Where are you going with this? The guy was found not guilty. The charges were dropped. So why are you so outspoken about him not coming and pitching in St. Louis? I don't know. I just, and I know that. Some of the natural way to go is going to be like the whole, oh, well, it disrupts the cardinal way and all this. Uh, kind of, like, that's just, 
Hasn't that been done for a while? It should be. I mean, that's over. Yeah. That Cardinal way left with Ali Marmol as your manager. Yeah, that's true. True that. Although we've got uh, Daniel Descalso back now. Oh. So we're tra- he's going to run minor league. Oh, he's going to run uh, spring training. So Perfect. not minor league. Yeah. I'm Matt Carpenter. For that. Yeah. Who, who needs a Scott <laughs> Boris client when you signed Carpenter who hit 176 last year? <laughs> Matt Carpenter is back on the Cardinals. He'll have a three homer game at Wrigley. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's just no question. waiting for that Wrigley trip. Oh, my God. Did you guys talk? I'm sure you did. That was last week. Corbin Burns of the. No, we didn't. We that. didn't. We didn't talk much but at all. We didn't talk baseball at all. Uh, yeah, where'd he go? Orioles. And they could still add another, but via trade or something to get another starting pitcher if they wanted I to. I wanted Corbin Burns one day. And obviously, with him throwing in Milwaukee, they're not going to make a deal with the Cardinals, right? They're not trading so. within the division i doubt you, you, you gave a good enough get back yeah you hardly ever see that I, you see it like with jason hayward going from a team to a, yeah. another team but that was more free agency right but in terms of like the brewers just saying ah let's give our best pitcher to the cardinals for a hole you know that that's just not a good look especially if burns beats him three times in that's a year true. you know but that's true Man, I like Corbin Burns. I would love to see him atop that Cardinal rotation. The problem, again, for the Cardinals, and maybe I'm wrong with Sonny Gray, and we got to take a break, don't we? Uh, do, they, do they have a Jordan or a Justin Steele? Do they have an ace? Sonny Gray, I mean, Gray was pretty darn good he was, last year. He was. If he stays healthy, that's been one thing through his career that he's getting gotten banged up and missed some time. But Why do I think that we beat him up all the time when he was with the Reds? Well, we probably did. <laughs> of course, we were good maybe back then. Cardinals also beat up um, Clayton Kershaw all the time. Yes, was, they did. He was pretty good. Let's get him in our team. Uh, Big Def said, Lance Lynn will give you souvenirs in left field, and innings are just the beginning of what he'll eat. <laughs> he is a big – don't you be ripping Big Def on big boys like me. I'm in that category now. I, can, I have to defend Lance Lynn. He kind of had an outlier with home runs last year, but he gave up a lot of them. Yeah, just what? Was it – Four or five in one inning in the playoffs. Yeah, just to the Diamondbacks. His last appearance. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah that's, that that's really made kind of the remembrance. He did give up a lot of home runs last season, but I don't think he's always been like that. Jack Flaherty's a guy that gave up a lot of home runs. Yeah. So, by the I, way, Sonny Gray second in the Cy Young voting in the AL last year. Yes. Which, after I said that, I thought, well, the guy did finish second. Why am I saying he can't be an ace? Obviously, he he. Proved it last season, so he should be given the benefit of the doubt. Let's go. Let's just let's get baseball here. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready to complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to bet on it and watch it. Oh, that too. Uh, yeah. But all right, we'll talk some basketball. I'm going to get out of here after one more segment. Then you hear Brad Underwood at the end of this show. We got him talking Illinois and Michigan tonight, 6 p.m. on Peacock. Wolverines, 15 and a half point underdogs. Illinois just. Just get the job done. We'll get predictions, final thoughts on that. On the other side, this is The Drive. In an ever-changing real estate market, it is so important to work with experienced agents like Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor teams at Taylor Realty Associates. They have the knowledge and expertise to get your home sold for the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. Trust the experience and success of Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor team at Taylor Realty Associates. Give them a call today at 217-355-0700 or visit them online at taylorboys.com. That's taylorboys.com. 